This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Happy 10-year anniversary to the decision. You might be asking, Austin, what decision? There's been a lot of decisions made in the world. You make a lot of decisions every single day. But I'm talking about capital T, capital H, capital M. I'm talking about the decision. The decision by LeBron James to take his talents to South Beach and leave Cleveland. Kuz, I'm trying to think, how old were you when that went down? Or do you think you would have been? Like, do you remember it? Well, if it was, yeah, I remember it. If yeah. it was 10 years ago, I would have been 19. 19. So, do you, do you remember, like, did you sit down and actually watch the live feed, the live broadcast? No, I thought he was, I was like, what is this guy doing? Yeah. Just, like, a little go over to the top. a team. A little, little over the top yeah. for my liking. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, and it, listen, I, I bought into it. I sat down. I checked it out. And to say the least, I was on the edge of my seat. It was like the season finale of a Game of Thrones. I'm like, well, what's he going to pick? Where's he going to go? And keep in mind, it was like a two-hour ordeal. You know, so they start like an like hour, 45 minutes of just setting the whole scene and then literally just five minutes of him announcing where he's going to go. What's up, dude? Did you see the special on it? No, I didn't. It was fantastic. You didn't see it? I didn't watch because I didn't think we needed a special on it. Yeah. Like, why do we need a special on the decision? No, uh, like on the decision. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like that ran on ESPN yeah, last week. Yeah, I didn't understand yeah. why we needed like a like documentary of it. it. I didn't even finish it off until I was watching and he finished it. I had to go somewhere, but yeah. it was good. It was really, really? Good. It was. I thought it was really good. Really well, well done. Was it better than the actual decision? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I've always said this. I have not been as hard on LeBron James about that decision as everybody else has been. I mean, to me, the, the reaction to that... It was it, it kind of to me it, it it entered in a new wave of what I always call like self righteous social mm -hmm. media, mm -hmm. and to me that entered that kind of brought that wave in. Yeah. You know, it's like are we really sitting here and like dissecting and and saying I would never have done that. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't take your talents here. You shouldn't have said that. Oh, yeah. You know, like kind of that whole situation. And that for the longest time. And really, still, it's the only knock you can really have against LeBron James. Now, but he's talking about social issues. He'll divide more people on him yeah. because people won't agree. Mm -hmm. But it's the only knock on the guys that he, oh, wait a minute, got $2 million donation to the Boys and Girls Club and sat there like he was on trial to make a decision rather than sure. just making a decision. But if you look back on that, you know, it's the whole Kobe Bryant thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's where the talent, I'm taking my talents no. to South Beach came in. I, I wasn't fully aware of that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anybody was at the time. But, uh, yeah, that part of it, I don't know why they wanted Jim Gray to do it. I know. Like, Jim Gray, he's, he's a very good interviewer and obviously well-known in our, in our industry. But not like in a – like, you want a personality, right? Like, they could have had Stuart Scott. Yeah, the late but Stuart see, Scott, I thought would have been so much better. Yeah, like, like Stuart Scott, but this, this was a serious ordeal, Brent. Like this was this yeah. was like you know we we didn't have time for for jokes and memes. This was where is LeBron James going to go? Like tune in. I mean, it, it had that serious undertone to it. So there wasn't a lot of comedy. There wasn't a lot of just you know lightness there. It was a it was a hard hitting subject. Or at least they try to make it. To they be did, like that. and and you really should watch it though that documentary. Yeah, and because it's. I just maybe you guys knew more about it than I did, 
at the time. Um, but like his whole his buddy who helped produced it, oh, produce yeah. it, and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of that as it was going on. So uh, maybe you guys knew more about it, and and since have read on it, I just thought it was pretty enlightening. And even what like the ESPN folks said about it in hindsight, and well, and to be fair, well didn't like. The advertisement, something towards that went to a good cause. Like, that was the big thing. Oh, the, the big boys, thing was Boys and Girls the boys Club. And girls setting Club. Yeah. Up that yeah. Seriously, $2 million. Sure. I mean, so, yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's what I always love. I love about, like, the worst part of LeBron James' career, the, yeah. the most criticized part of LeBron James' career. All it did was bring $2 million to the Boys and Girls Club as well. No, I mean, no, for sure. And listen, <laughs> and, and that's very admirable. But listen, I'm not going to sit here and say the Game of Thrones season finale was awesome, okay? It was pretty trash. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you tell me, well, at least, the, you know, the directors of Game of Thrones donated so much money to go, I mean, congratulations. They did a good thing for a good cause, but it doesn't change the fact that what I watched wasn't that great. It wasn't good. Exactly. It, it was bad. It, yeah. Like, I, when I was watching it again and through some of the questioning, it's like, it felt like he was on trial. Yeah, yeah. It really did. It didn't yeah. feel like that to me at the time, but kind of looking back on it, looked like he was on trial, looked like you were pulling teeth. Yeah. And, uh, like they they presented it as this was the shift mm-hmm. in what we have talked about really for a year and a half when we talk about guys like Ramsey and Ngakwe and others here in Jackson. This was the shift in branding. Yeah, you know this is where the athlete said I'm in control, mm-hmm. and that was the big knock on ESPN during that thing is that they gave him that power, like you gave the athlete that much power. Mm-hmm. Well, now I feel like they do it a lot in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, or the athletes just taking the power. You know, think about what's happened since then. You know, LeBron, obviously, is a producer. He's doing all these things. Oh, Kyrie Irving, right? He's a producing stuff now. Uh, I think a lot of guys are, not just in the NBA. Uh, think about Derek Jeter. He's got a huge role in the in the Players' Tribune, sure. right? I think mm-hmm. he owns it, or I, I, don't, I don't know who, what the whole – he's connected to it. I just don't know if he fully owns it or not. But he's come up with, with that mm-hmm. uninterrupted. It's, it is that uh, – is that what LeBron has? Is that what's called? Uh, is it uninterrupted? No, it's well, it's the I think it's uninterrupted. Yeah, I think but it's he's got the, the barbershop thing. He's got the barbershop thing on HBO. He had yeah, so he's so, got, he's got I mean, a bunch of think about all that things. that's happened since then. I mean, LeBron did help that shift. I don't know if he was the only guy, but he certainly helped that shift. Yeah. And I think uh, it's kind of what we wonder about Patrick Mahomes right now, right? Mm-hmm. We actually joked about it the other day when Patrick, at least Patrick Mahomes won't have that. TV show to say, here, I'm going here. Sure. Now he's locked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so pretty wild. Uh, uh, Ten years uh, of, of LeBron James. Yep. Kicked off with some NBA. Yeah. Because the that NBA, was idea. NBA coming back tomorrow. It is. We are back. Cruz, you excited fired for- up. Oh, I'm gonna wear my T.J. McConnell jersey that Austin got me. You're you welcome, should. man. That's yeah. good. Was that for Christmas or your birthday? Christmas, right? Christmas. I, I can't yeah, remember. it was definitely Christmas. I just remember it took like. Five months to get Listen, here, remember, because it I'm just came saying, from China. I'm just pointing out, Victor Oladipo's not there, and Jeremy Lamb's down. There's going to be time for the TJ, TJ McConnell. McConnell show. I also think tomorrow uh, we should back. come into the show for lunch with that tray of food. Like, uh, it looks like they're going to have <laughs> that nice so, spread. Yeah, I saw that. Apparently, like that was like room. the the appetizer. Apparently, like they did bring like chicken and stuff afterwards. Uh, they, I, I saw that, but then people like kind of like pushed back, and they were like, "No, no, no, they did." Give them more food. I, I think I, I, you know what I thought of when I saw that. I forget what player was it that tweeted that out. Uh, kind of what they had. I, I shared I, it on our Instagram. Hold on, I'll, but, I'll but get the name. Anyway, they showed like what they had. They were kind of yeah. like laughing at it, and making fun of it, and 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 saying it. Which I'm I, sure the NBA really appreciates. Well, not only that, but I think you've got to, you know you were talking about 
in the NBA. Troy Daniels. Troy yeah. Daniels. Most of those guys seriously are millionaires. Like I always say in the NFL, you have guys that making the minimum, and I know four hundred and fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money. But if you start projecting it out and you play for six months in the NFL and that's it, well, you're not living off that. You're you're not rich mm-hmm. for the rest of your life because you did that. Well, the NBA, most of those guys. I mean, what do I say? You score sixteen points and you got a twelve million dollar contract <laughs> for sure, right? For sure, absolutely. I mean, it's like back in the late nineties, if you had a four and a half ERA, you made eight million a year. <laughs> I, that's just the way it is. So those guys do have a lot of money. I think they have to be very careful inside this bubble to come across like I'm used to my mansion and yeah. this isn't it, and I'm gonna cry about it on social media, especially during these times, right? I mean, you got to well, be really yeah. careful. That. you got so many people without work, so many people hungry, all those things, you know, and, and, and I think the NBA, that's what I thought of actually when I saw that. It's like, oh, great, this guy's going to complain because he's got food on a tray that doesn't look like food in his house, yeah. you know? Well, no, and, and I agree with you here, and keep in mind, like, we're talking about the guys like LeBron James, Boogie Cousins, who are accustomed to taking, you know, soaks in like expensive wine, like they, they take like wine baths because yeah. supposedly the, the antioxidants in wine. Amari Stoudemire started, yeah, but like they're not gonna have wine baths probably. Like so LeBron James has like a big case of. I like, don't know. The, have you seen some of the the, the what, what are you bathrooms? gonna do? Uh, are you gonna bring boxed wine in the bathtub and just have a soak in there? <laughs> Box. <laughs> that's good. Francia, what are you gonna do? Like, yeah. Like, there, there, there's no way that's feasible. They're not gonna bring like tankers and stuff with just wine and put them in hot tubs for these players. <laughs> you like never know. you have to draw the line at the bubble some place but my point is i get it nba players right now they're under the microscope all right because they're geared to come back the world's going to be watching we're excited we can't wait you know live sports with all due respect to fighting all due respect to golf and nascar and all that stuff like people are excited for the nba as they should be and at the same time i get nba players have to be careful of how they come across especially during these times but let's be honest right now if you're in a bubble, regardless of what you're doing, for two and a half to three months, I could be playing video games every single day in my life and be in a bubble. I'm still going to get a little cooped up. I'm still going to have a little bit of a cabin fever. And that's what I foresee happening with these NBA players as well. Sure, they're going to focus on the playoffs and try to win a championship. But a game only lasts, what, Brent, two and a half hours at the very most? Those other you know, 20-plus hours... What are they going to be doing? They're going to be locked up in that bubble. And I think for a lot of those guys, we heard like Joel Embiid kind of speak out on this. It's going to be hard for them to sustain this motivation, to sustain just, yeah, let's go in a championship in this bubble for two and a half to three months. Well, I wondered that. Have you guys seen anything like can LeBron James, because he's worth a gazillion dollars, <laughs> can he like bring his own truck of stuff in? Like. I don't think so. Are they yeah. allowed to have any leniency? I think they're on having that? a lot of like we're gonna figure it out when we get to it. Like Gordon Hayward, right? Like he's gonna his he's expecting a child. Yeah. And if the Celtics go far in the playoffs, it will there will be a problem Conflict. there. And he's like, well, I'm I'm telling you now, I'm going to leave for this, so it's going to be a problem. We need to figure it out. And that, I haven't heard like a what they'll do. Yeah, they, they when can, they get there. Yeah, that, well, it'll be multiple testing when he comes back. That's what it'll be. I yeah, mean, that's pretty. I think that's an easy solution, really. Yeah. Um, and he, and he runs the risk of then having to quarantine and all those things if if he does uh, test positive. 
for COVID-19. So uh, interesting NBA getting going to MLS back today without one team because uh, the whole team basically tested positive. So they're trying to get back. And meanwhile, the NFL start word starting to sprinkle out about what it could look like inside stadiums. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We got UFC on the horizon. Uh, you got to take us through that a little bit. Sure. Got a big matchup happening. Big event Brent's this weekend. Brent's in a promo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, Brent is the promo. Brent's in, in a UFC promo. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> well, by the way. Love saying my name third person. <laughs> love being in the promo. Uh, also, I have a question for you guys a little later on in the show about video games. Let's hit it. Uh, we did do, you know, during this pandemic, I think we did like a half hour. Se- it won't be a half hour segment. Yeah. But I do have a question about the... Uh, the the current wave of video games. We're gonna talk about how much more Ninja's making than Yelich again. No, it's not gonna that. upset me, Brent. You know, not that. yeah, we, we don't want to go there so early <laughs> on in the show. And also, by popular man, I might share a story of how playing Gabbert sent me to the hospital one time. I heard this was yeah. uh, this was well done, well said, yeah. and well received. So yeah. you have to explain. I think people are listening today just for the story. Okay, we'll, we'll get into that later. Should we kind of make it like the decision and <laughs> and do it about hey, at five forty five? So let's go ahead and tease that we're gonna drop around three thirty, and let's wait till five. 45 to actually drop this story. <laughs> That's what I do with most of the show. <laughs> well, no, you know what? Let's tease it and not deliver it until tomorrow. Yeah, that we would got be a good way to do it. Yeah, let's get That's it. probably what will happen, actually, uh, in everything that I just teased. But we'll yeah. talk coming up next what the NFL could look like uh, in the fall. There's some words sprinkling out. Uh, will it work? How will it work? And um, what's the latest going on in, in the sports world as we try to get back to a bit of normalcy? even though we're crazy if we think that's what it's going to be. It's coming up today on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging with us. Make sure you jump in the show, Star Star 690, on the social media platforms as well, or 904-362-9901. Obviously, we all different. There's some guys that like to go out. There's some guys that like to do stuff. There's some guys that like adventure. Uh, so um, that's, that's the way I'm thinking. Uh, I know myself. I know I'm not going to that everybody else agrees but the question is is everybody else going to do the same and I surely just being around this business I surely don't think so mystery soundbite did you know who it was do you know who it was did you hear who I said no I didn't hear who you said oh okay good who do you think that is I mean I didn't hear all of it was that Embiid that was Embiid very good yeah 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 I wouldn't get it no for real He's got a pretty distinctive voice. Yeah. Uh, that is Joel Embiid. As the NBA gets ready to uh, get cooking tomorrow. Not not games yet, but uh, in the Orlando bubble. And uh, like I've said all along, you know all these other sports entities are watching. Even Major League Baseball to a degree, although they're kind of already uh, getting rolling. Uh, MLS is back. You know, PGA Tour and NASCAR have been back. you got to believe there's been so many discussions between higher-ups and in, in all the sports and yep. kind of say, hey, what are you guys doing? What are we doing? All that. Uh, you can't be too proud for that stuff right now, mm-hmm. I don't think. I mean, uh, to me, that's bad business if you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the NFL, shame on them if they're not doing that. They've got all these people in front of them going to see how scary the haunted house is, and they're not even asking. <laughs> you know? That's well put. I mean – you better ask as they're coming out of the house. Uh, some people want to be surprised. Well, right? not this one. I know. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, not this one. Yep. I don't think. Uh, Freddie's in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And to that point, uh, we have a little bit of information now. 
about what the fall could look like in the NFL. At least this is the plan. Now, you got to remember, we think preseason games are going to happen as of now, and in two of them, mm-hmm. the NFL is still very quiet on this front because of the back and forth, I think, and they need an agreement with the Players Association. We talked about that yesterday. Players Association said, no, we don't want to do the preseason. Quite frankly, I understand where they're coming from, uh, if I'm being totally honest. I'd like to see some preseason action as well, just ex- have something to talk about and, and and see what this Jags team. I really think it benefits the Jags yeah. to have some preseason games, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more than any other team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a chance we don't have games until September. And if you look ahead to September when the NFL season starts, the Baltimore Ravens push this out. Other teams may have sprinkled some of this out as well. The Jags have not yet. But you can be pretty sure it falls in line with this. Uh, mm-hmm. So here's what the uh, Baltimore Ravens said. In an email to their PSL owners, their permanent seat license holders, the Ravens announced Wednesday season tickets for the 2020 will be deferred to the 2021 campaign. The 2020 season ticket seat locations for all fans will be protected, and the same seats will be offered for renewal in 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay, that formality. That's like no fans being able to go. Yep. There's a catch to this. Furthermore, credits for funds paid toward the 2020 season to date be applied to accounts can be used toward renewal for next season or toward future ticket purchases or a refund can be requested. So think about if that's this the word that you get if you're a season ticket holder. I am uh, that you can get a refund if you want or you can put it toward toward next year. Sure. Uh, That is uh, at least what the Ravens are saying. I'm assuming other NFL teams will say similar things. Well, okay. I want to ask you about this, though. So this is where. I have a couple, I don't want to say red flags or concerns. Okay, so I'm not sure how Maryland has handled the whole COVID-19 pandemic so far. I'm not sure if they've been kind of ahead and, you know, shutting everything down. I'm not sure they've been pretty, you know, conservative. I have no idea what, they, what they're doing because I haven't seen it on the news, okay? But here's my point. Brent, what is the point of every NFL team? I mean, what is, what is the goal? Make money and win. I mean, yeah, make money and win. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I would say, I didn't know who listen, you're talking about the players no, or the no, 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 order, right? For sure, for sure. I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand where if you win, you probably make more money. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. So here's what I'm getting at. Who's, and I don't know how this is going to work out because I have no idea, but like, okay, so Maryland's has kind of already dug their feet in the, in the dirt and said, all right, this is what we're going to do. But what's to stop like a team maybe in Florida to say, you know what? Our crowds, our home field advantage, it's real. And we need every advantage that we can get right now. So let's go ahead and just let's let's kind of wait and see what how this all pans out, and let's get as many fans as possible. Because you know why? It gives us that home field advantage. A la, it helps us win. Like, can you see that happening? And it gives you a financial advantage. Of course, I, I don't see it because I think this will fall in line with everybody. Okay. I, I don't. I don't see that. I, so let me read the yeah, the, okay. the next two are really this is where the information lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, although if you're a season ticket holder, I think what I just told you and, and read from Baltimore, if it is similar here in Jacksonville and other NFL cities, I think that will be a value to you as well from a season ticket holder standpoint. But here's kind of what answers your question. Okay. Additionally, if the Ravens are permitted under state and local government rules and regulations to have fans, if. The team announced that a significantly reduced seating capacity at M&T Bank Stadium would be necessary. Based on the social distancing guidelines and fan safety protocols developed by health experts, government officials, and the NFL, it is expected that the stadium capacity, if fans are allowed, would be fewer than 14,000 seats per game. So, so what I need you to, what we need to do is, so they're saying health experts and the NFL sure. socially distancing, what's capacity at M&T Bank Stadium? 
I'm assuming it's around 60,000. So whatever formula they're using, that's about 25%, right? If it's 60,000. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see. Um, yeah, capacity. We are at 71,008. Let's call it 71,000 for M&T Bank Stadium. Oh, 71,000. That's, that's the capacity of M&T Bank Stadium. Wow. So that's even fewer than I thought then. I, that, that's probably more like, uh, let's see, doing quick math. I would say that's probably 20%. Okay. So that's a 20% capacity. Mm-hmm. So my guess is the Jaguars will be allowed similar mm-hmm. depending on how their their stadium is configured and they can socially distance then it would be somewhere, you know, around that number as well. It might be 13,000, it might be 15,000. But once again, so is this the sta- so who's who's running the show? Cuz it said the state. Well, it said based on the social distance guidelines and fan safety protocols developed by, here's who's developed by, yeah. health experts, sure. government officials, and the NFL. So it's a conglomerate then. Okay, so the NFL is the so governing the body on this too. Yeah. So the NFL is not going to say, well, listen, Florida can have so and so. No, it's going to be all under one thing. It's going to be, if it's 21% or if it's whatever it is, it's going to fall within the same percentage. Even if the state Green Bay out, is going to have 14,000 people or 13 or maybe 13, 8. You even, know? even if the state has different ideas. Sure looks right? like it. Okay, gotcha. Sure okay, because like that's, it. I mean, we have to cover all well, bases. And we here. don't know. Yeah. I mean, we don't know, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's okay. what this says. If you're according to the Ravens now, the Ravens, what they pushed out, they said health experts, government officials, and the NFL. Okay. So the NFL is in line with this. You got to believe they keep everybody in the same linear sure. formula. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would think. Uh, and and then on top of that, then what you might have, that's where the if comes into play, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe local, maybe in California, they say, hey, I don't care what the NFL saying. You're not having fans there. Mm-hmm. Their government officials may say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in Jacksonville and Miami and Tampa, they say, okay, we're fine. We signed off on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. then you might bring in the local uh, officials. But I think this formula is going to stand pretty true, I would say, across the NFL. They're not going to give anybody that opportunity to have this crazy advantage from a revenue standpoint or even from a home field standpoint. Uh, so anyway, what do you think? I mean, what is it? That's what it could look like. I think we have to assume. There's no official word from the Jags. By the way, I would get an email on the season ticket holder, so I think I would get an email in there. Yeah. But this brings up a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. One, what does it look like in there with 14,000? Mm-hmm. Who was going? Like, who do? You, how do you pick them? Like, who's your... You could have twenty uh, year, twenty five year season ticket holders here in Jacksonville, but they're sitting up in section four hundred. Mm-hmm. But you also kind of want that club guy because he's paying like ten times as much yeah. to go to the games, and it is a business. Mm-hmm. So you want that. It'll be really interesting to see how these teams come up with whatever they might come up with to say, okay, you're allowed to come, you're allowed to come, you're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a refund, or or well, you want to push it off the next year. And listen, and you got to keep in mind too, if people actually even want to go. Okay, I mean, I'm sure there, there, there's enough. a percentage of fans gonna be like, uh, I don't know, with everything going on Fair right enough. now, let's go ahead and stay home. I'll crack a well, beer up on my couch. First question. Yeah, exactly. You'll take, say, you have thirty thousand season ticket holders in Jackson, whatever the number is. Yeah. Whatever that. that hey, do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Right. That that should be the first question. Yeah. So and uh, listen, I'm not sure what those percentages. But they might not have renewed, like. man, with, if they didn't want to go because in this pandemic, like I had the choice mm-hmm. up until I think it was June like sixth, and we were, we waited. To kind of see where it was at. And it was like, all right, we'll do it. We'll see sure. what happens with it. To me, there was no real uh, disadvantage to say if, if everything opened up, we'll go. Yeah. If it doesn't, we'll either push it toward next year or we'll get a refund. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really a risk I- involved. 
So maybe people did that and given, you know, maybe they send out a survey in August and say, hey, you got to let us know if you're going to be coming or not. True. Yeah, um, well, because people well, are going to go if they're paying for it, right? And it's funny because I was back home, you know, obviously in Wisconsin, and Green Bay is doing the same thing where they're giving you the clause to opt out or season tickets. Keep in mind, in Green Bay, you're on like a 20-year waiting list to get the season tickets just because there's such a high demand, and there's people opting out of those. So, I mean, I, I do agree, and I think every single NFL team is kind of following suit, and I'm sure more clubs after the Ravens are going to, you know, kind of put out their press releases momentarily here. Yeah, I mean, as far as like who gets the invite, who doesn't, I guess you just start with season ticket holders and, and you, you offer them a game here, a game there, and you just keep on going down the list. And then, um, once again, depending what it looks like, depending if you can even fill up the stadium, you know, whether with 12,000 people, if 12,000 people even want to go to the games, then you go from there. But there is no perfect science, obviously. There is no perfect solution just because we obviously haven't seen this before. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, how you come up with that formula, especially here in Jacksonville, where thankfully maybe in this one instance, you don't have the Green Bay waiting list. Mm-hmm. You know, that becomes even more problematic. Oh, How do you course. dwindle down to 14 or 15, like you're Dude, saying? There's people going through mental gymnastics right now thinking like, well, this pandemic, man, is pretty serious, but I don't want to lose my spot, you know, in the queue of the season ticket holders. Well, and not only that, but people become very offended no matter what formula you come up with. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to come up with a formula that tries to make it fair. But do I think me in Section 203, who's been a season ticket holder, I think for, uh, I want to say maybe five or six years, do you think I'm going to make that formula? No. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I'm also maybe a little bit more realistic than others. Others might be like, I want my damn football. I want to go to the game. I paid for tickets. I've been a season ticket holder for six years. Sure. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Put me in, coach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I, I think some people, especially like that's where the Jags, I do think, benefit in a weird way by not having this like unbelievable list of, yeah. of season ticket members where, again, I don't know what it back. is, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what maybe it, let's just use the number 30,000 and you're only at least you're only pissing off 15,000 mm-hmm. at the very most. Yeah. And some are going to be respectful and understand it and, and others won't because that's the way things operate. Makes you wonder about tailgating as well. Like, will, will there be no, no zero I tailgating? Can't there can't be tailgating, right? But then can they really – can they have that jurisdiction and tell people, listen, if you're outside of our stadium and you're in a certain proximity, no tailgating? Uh, then I think the tailgating rules actually will be – no. it depends where you're at. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how this works in other places. But in Jacksonville, uh, just put in, from a logical point of view, I don't think the Jags could have much say about what goes on in tailgating. Absolutely. Those are public lots. Sure. But the city can so there's where the city jurisdiction comes in. And yeah. the city might say, hey, no tailgating. Or if you're tailgating, you can only tailgate in this spot and you must be socially yeah. distant and you have to wear a mask. You know yeah. what? Like Again, said, the, there is no perfect solution here. Yeah, and th- those are different rules that, that will come by. Uh, some of it's complicated, but I do think that the Ravens pushing that out there is the first real sign of, and believe me, we've heard a lot of, a lot of rumors, right? Oh, uh, somebody yeah. said to me yesterday they've heard 20% capacity in the swamp for, for Gator games. Well, and we even uh, saw we've, Iowa, I mean, uh, Iowa canceled their, their, their tickets this year. They not, they're not selling tickets. University well, of Iowa. And of course, on the heels of, from a college football perspective, which we'll get into a little bit later, but the Ivy League has basically said we're playing in the spring. <laughs> and, and I think everybody's on board with this. The Ivy League versus what happens in the SEC. 
It's two different animals here. Correct. Two different things. The, the Ivy League is going to be okay if there's football or not. All due respect to their athletes. They let's are. be honest. They're, 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 they're not, the Ivy League. They're yeah. not making $70 million off TV rights. For sure. Right? For sure. So Apps, everything like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Uh, so anyway, I, I think uh, this from an NFL standpoint, NFL only, I don't know what's going to happen college stuff. I really don't. I, I think a, it, there's been less and less information out about that. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, they don't. We don't need to know right now. There's still a little bit of time, especially since they don't play preseason games or anything like that. Uh, but the NFL, no doubt, in the last in this week, has started to put some things in place. Uh, you know, we're starting to have communication with the Jaguars about how we'll be able to cover things. We don't know yet, and that's why I'm not going to sit here and tell you how, and, and you might not even care. Mm-hmm. But we, those conversations are taking place, mm-hmm. and so the NFL is starting to move on this. It could have changed absolutely, but they're putting these protocols in place and and to see how things um, might get done. I would expect we'll hear about the Jaguars situation, how many season ticket members yeah. uh, coming up in the next few days or so. Kuz, I'm just saying, man, depending on what happens to us in that press box, it's not looking really good right now. Get ready to go to the beach bars on Sunday, and we're going to do our three takeaways from there, man. That's great. Uh, beach bars in yeah, time I, like this. You think that's yeah. a smart thing? <laughs> Outside beach bars, uh, like, like, like we can do bar. like. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm trying to think ahead. I'm trying to remain optimistic, Brent. Don't, don't, don't try to shoot my, down my passion right now. I'm on the sunshine <laughs> of rainbows, man. Here's, bars will be back the next couple here's months. Here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, beach bars put us back into this essential. mess. <laughs> so we might be at full capacity if it wasn't because of the beach bars in Florida. It, it could be fair. Here's, here's my thinking. Very though. true. Yeah. Something I learned at Flagler. Was yeah. when you're setting up a TV show or something like that, you have to have a reoccurring room that people always go to, right? Well, something that we talk about all the time is Brent's fireplace. So, what if we do the takeaways from the fireplace? Listen, I'm not going to sell out myself like that <laughs> just for a couple views on YouTube and on Twitter, okay? But now let's do it. <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah, I'm talking. We're going to have some reverse sear steaks out there. Yeah. Nice fireplace. I'm sweating my you-know-what off, but it's all good, man. It's all good. Let's get it. It's all worth it. It's, it's all, all worth, worth it. the brand. Yeah, it's all about the brand. Uh, so anyway, I would expect to hear it now. I don't. Again, I have not uh, been all over Twitter with the other teams. I just saw the Ravens uh, did issue that out. The Jags have not yet, uh, but I assume we're going to see a similar thing uh, across right. the NFL. I just want to make it clear, like, we don't know that. That's mm-hmm. a little bit of an assumption on our part, part based off what the Ravens uh, are saying. And it really looks like it's an NFL formula. Uh, so I don't think you're going to see 60,000 in Tampa, 15,000 in Jacksonville, 14,000 in Baltimore. I think you're going to see 13, 14, 15,000 somewhere in there uh, across all the NFL facilities. Uh, socially distant, and <laughs> it's going to be a wild scene. Condolences go out to the Las Vegas Raiders, man, looking to showcase that new stadium and try to pay some of those bills. Whoops. Well, and that's a great call. Like, I, I got uh, uh, our my buddy from Training for Warriors, Phil. He's a huge Va- a Raiders fan, and mm-hmm. he's, he's all on board with the Las Vegas stuff. And he was telling me last week, he's like, I've got tickets. He's He bought – he actually bought, I think he told me, like a PSL. Hmm. So and and bought like season tickets because he knows he'll be able to get rid of the ones that he doesn't use. Okay. So even though he's in Jacksonville, but he's going to two games and they're both like the prime time games. One's the opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say they're playing the Saints and and one's uh, when Tom Brady goes and plays out there. Cool. So he's got those two games. But that's a great call. Like I have no idea where his tickets are. Yeah. Like everybody starts from scratch with the Raiders, uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. So how do they determine that formula? 
and just think about, you know, when, when they built that stadium, they had all these expectations and estimations yeah. of how much they would make in year one and year two and start paying that stadium off and, and doing all the math on that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, they're about to take a big hit. L.A. too, uh, well, because no, they got their stadium. I mean, I guess I feel more bad for L.A. Because at the end of the day, listen, Las Vegas, the house will always win eventually. Okay, this, <laughs> this, this, this is, it's not like Ocean's Eleven or Ocean's Ten. Like eventually, the house wins. So Vegas will be okay. But yeah, like a new stadium, like in L.A., it, it makes you wonder a little bit just how much of that loss is going to affect them. Yeah, um, I I agree with you. It's a pretty wild scene um, in, in the NFL and and everywhere else. But they are trying to make the dollar. Uh, still, you know, think about that. Fourteen thousand for Baltimore. I have no idea what their average ticket price, but let's say it's eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. How much is that? I'll uh, do the, I'll do the yeah, math. do the math quick. So yeah, I knew 80, where I was going here. Eighty. Right? But don't ask me about math. Fourteen thousand. Eighty bucks. Part of that bucks, big trust package times can, eight. Okay. Hit me with That's it. nine million dollars. Mm. So even having capacity at a, you know, at that much. It's nine million bucks, and that doesn't even feed into the concessions and, and everything else that go on. That eh, a lot of money to be had. Now that's not game changing money, by the way, in the NFL. Nine million dollars in a year. Patrick Holmes laughs at that. According to uh, this site, the Ravens' average price in 2018 was 115 bucks. Okay, so that's going to inflate it. I mean, so now we're talking more. It just depends where you're at, but it's significant dollars. I mean, if you're running a business, $9 million is $9 million, or $12 million, $12 million. Money's money, absolutely. uh, So they are going to still try to cash in as much as they can. And I think the other part of it is, I think one of the reasons they want fans is the sponsorships. Mm -hmm. Think about just here at this stadium, TIAA Bank, and how many people sponsor inside there you gotta if you have no fans i mean the tv camera's only going to show so much you know there was that recent uh thing where i think they could put tarps on the first six or eight rows or something around the stadium and you could use it for advertising mm-hmm. so you can make up a little bit there but there's a lot of advertising revenue being lost by these teams that doesn't even include it's not included in these ticket prices is this a legitimate question right here because let's be honest you know i mean shad khan he's a businessman and he loves to make his money the, the you know the two games in London would obviously show that. I think every NFL owner there is an ego involved. Of, Listen, I have to make as much money as possible because once again, not about what the money, how much money you make, but it's kind of what the money says, and it says I'm a successful businessman. Could you see the NFL kind of going the NBA route a little bit and putting like the sponsorships on the jerseys, on the uniforms? And now, don't get me wrong, it's I mean, in my opinion, that kind of cheapens everything, right? But the NBA, I think the NBA did that. Do you see the NFL doing that to try to coop some of the losses? I I, I don't know if they'll get there fast enough hmm. to do it. I mean, I don't know. I don't. When I don't, there's if there's millions of dollars on the line, you can get there well, pretty the fast. Well, the NBA made it showed that you could do it in a way that it's not like a NASCAR. You know, like it's just no, not sure. all over the place. Well, my my point being, and I don't, I I'd have to dive into the NBA one now that you asked it, mm. and I don't know how much like the. NBA Players Association had to sign off on it, jump in on it, sure. say we're willing to do it. They're having problems right now with the NFL and the NFLPA trying to figure out if they're going to play any preseason games. Yeah, I don't think wearing a logo on their uniforms is going to be near the top of their list of priorities to figure out amidst mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I also want – I'd be like, well, like at this stage, you'd probably sell that separately if you're a team. Yeah. Like, who are you selling it to? Like, who? you don't even know what it's going to look like. What's the value of it? All, all that stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say no. 
Okay. Um, but if this thing stretches out even longer, maybe by November they do. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe they do have a time to figure out how to do it. I, I think that is a, a discussion, though. Like most businesses right now, it's like, how can you recoup some of the losses that you're going to have? Mm-hmm. And that's a business thing. Like, you know, people talk about the NFL, like these billionaire owners. About Well, I kind of look at it as business is business. Like, we don't say that about Coca-Cola and Pepsi and those are billion billion dollar businesses too, but we don't like rip them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, for, for sure. selling Coke for two ninety nine. You know, yeah. Uh, business is business, and if you lose that, you're going to lose some off your bottom line and your expectations. You got to find a way to make it up somehow. I mean, that's your job in 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 the business role they're in, um, and and kind of uh, what what complicates this is. Now they have to figure out fans, and they almost have to pick and choose which fans are going to be allowed to go to the game. I know that's not what they're doing, yeah. but they kind of are doing that with whatever they come up with. That would be the fascinating Better be part. the loudest ones. <laughs> Very loud. <laughs> Very loud. I wonder if you can bring, like, uh, noisemakers in. Now we're talking. <laughs> uh, hey, we'll be back. Uh, I got a video game question for you guys, and, and uh, back to some more uh, football talk from around the country uh, on ESPN 690. It's never been about money to me. Obviously, it's 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 awesome and it's an exciting time for me. Um, but at the same time, I've always just been about being the best person, the best player that I could be every single day. And uh, this is another step, I believe, another step in the journey that's just beginning. And I'm just excited that we have this done, and I have that security where I can go out there and be the same player that I was, uh, and that I, that same person that I was uh, the day I stepped in this league. That is Patrick Mahomes. Unselfish Patrick Mahomes for taking that 10-year, $500 million contract. Yeah, very unselfish. <laughs> really the really the pioneer of, should we, do we call him the Rosa Parks of taking $500 million contracts, right? Are we ready I, to go that far with him? I do think that, uh, I, I think it's funny because um, I think it was Veach, their GM, he even kind of laughed at it and was like, well, I got to explain this, but this is why. And and so because yes, Andy Reid had that bite that yeah, we yeah. heard, that sound bite we heard. Yeah. I get what they're saying, though. I mean, I think in those meetings, like, hey, man, let's keep this thing together. Mm-hmm. If this is going to prevent us from doing this. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers said that. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. I mean, I mean yeah, it's, it's hard to say. But, like, it's know. crystal clear, like, Tom Brady kind of worked his deal oh. over the years around trying to be able to do that. Ultimate team player, right? Yeah. I mean, the, there was one time where he was, like, what, the 12th highest paid quarterback in the NFL? And then you're talking about the GOAT here? What do you think of, uh, What do you think about that, though? Like, do you think – like, see, the agent wants to be make this record deal. The agent wants to be – Ten years, five hundred million. It's the big, richest deal in sports. And do I think Patrick Mahomes, to a degree, says, "Ah, oh, that's kind of cool." Yeah, I'm that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he needs that. Yeah. Especially what we think of Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I think he'd rather go win rings. I think he'd well, rather go say, "Hey, I want to go chase Tom Brady. I don't want to chase Mike Trout's record contract. I want to chase Tom Brady's rings." So here's what I think about the whole. You know, do you go the Tom Brady route, and do you make? Do you sign? you know, player-friendly contracts that can bring more guys in, or do you go out and get your just due and sign that big money deal? And far be it for me to tell anybody how to approach, you know, in terms of money. You know, everyone's kind of got their own philosophy. I'm not going to tell anybody, don't go get your money. But I am going to say this, though. Like, Jan's big on passing up $18 million. (laughs) He is. He is. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. 
At the end of the day, though, when we're talking about the quarterback position, obviously the most important part of any football team. When you look back on your career, because I think legacy is important to everybody, right? Especially the quarterbacks. Like, I mean, if you're Russell Wilson, if you're Patrick Mahomes, if you're Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, like, I guarantee you ask them what their goals are, and one of the top three are going to be legacy. Legacy, legacy, legacy. That's a big reason why you play the game, to win and obviously have a legacy. So with that being said, when you reflect on a player's legacy, especially at the quarterback position, what do you talk about? You talk about Super Bowls. You talk about uh, maybe MVPs. You talk about all pros. Pro on the Bowls, field accolades. Things, exactly. But you never talk about, well, this was this guy was the highest paid quarterback. Usually you talk about busts that way. Exactly. I, I guarantee no matter how many Super Bowls Patrick Mahomes wins, we're never going to have the conversation. Well, you know, for a while he's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Like, who cares? Like, that's that's down the line. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And, and I get but on the other side, it's like, well, there is something to be said for being the highest paid quarterback because it shows, you know what, this team values me that much. They, they gave me this much money, and I get that. But at the end of the day, if you're worried about a legacy, if you're worried about, you know, people, people remembering you, well, then it's about winning the championships. Only way to win championships is have the team around you to do it. I remember having this conversation. This would be a funny little story here, right? I don't like talking about money in our business that much. But when I was in Albany, yeah. uh, so that would have been some – this would have been some 15 years ago, yep. right? And I'm still pretty young in my career, and I'm not making a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, I'm making less than school teachers making for sure mm-hmm. uh, by, by quite a bit. Paying those dues. And uh, Steph's, Steph's the breadwinner. Let's just say that. For sure. In a big way, especially in New York. Hall, I wish Hall, I'd Hall pay, fame Steph. I wish I'd play – Florida teachers like they did New York <laughs> teachers. But um, I so I'm going in for like, you know, to re-up like a two-year deal or whatever. With, and I was like, I don't – like I said, I think I should be making this, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I want to because I don't want to red flag the company as a, being a sports guy who's making this. Which And it wasn't even a lot, like this yeah. crazy amount of money. But in my mind, I'm like, I don't want them to say, hey, if we have to cut back on something – they're gonna cut back on me. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he gave me advice. He's like, "Get whatever you can when you can." Uh, absolutely, man. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's pretty top. good advice. Get whatever you can advice. when you can. But I like it's it. such a weird way of thinking. Like, and most people like get get me whatever I can in the NFL. Make me the highest pay. Reset the market. I'm like, For sure. No, don't. I don't want mine to no, show you, up like with yeah, that red you flag. Want, no, dude. Uh, I get because you know when that once that happens, it's added pressure. Yeah, you know. And I mean, it is what it is. So I get what you're saying. I really, yeah. really do. And believe me, it wasn't like this a lot yeah. of money. Which no, is crazy. no. To be fair, in NFL locker rooms, no one thinks like that. No. Okay, just let you know, no one's. Really no in the real world, like nobody that. should think like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we have time to get Steven in real quick. Let's get uh, Steven in before we hit the uh, top of the hour. I got a video game question. I'm not sure I'm going to get to that. Patrick Mahomes throwing me off big time today. It's all uh, good, man. All, all week, really. Yeah. All week. Uh, Steven, what's up, 500 million man? reasons why. Hey, not too much, guys. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. All right. Two cents on the uh, game thing. I actually heard, but don't quote me on this, owners are passing out waivers for fans that actually do show up the games to legally protect themselves, which I kind of understand. But my main question is for Brent, because I already asked Austin while Brent was on vacation. Uh, given from what you saw last year, and we have quite a few people on their contract years, who could you or who do you want to see possibly get re-signed just based off last year and to keep a Jaguar veteran presence? Because mine would be Chris Conley, who I think outperformed D.D. Westbrook, and Dewan Smoot, who had his best season last season. 
All right, Stephen, that's a good topic. Uh, let me have a commercial break to think about it. I'll give you my answer on the other oh, side. Must be nice to have commercial breaks to think about it. Yeah, they forced I, me to. I just said Didi. I know. <laughs> Is that who you had? Yeah. That was a hard question. I had to remember like who's all Yeah. contracts are up. All right, uh, we'll, we'll answer that one. I got a video game question for you guys that I didn't get to. Thanks to Patrick Mahomes once again. <laughs> and uh, we've got a bunch more, including Stuart Weber is going to jump in with King yeah. Fishing today. It's... This is a big day for Stuart. King Fishing and also some NASCAR news down at Daytona that we'll tell you about. Uh, big day for Weber. He's going to join us in like the 4 it. o'clock hour. we got it all coming up on ESPN 690.